ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so carrying on then with the Ha'iyah of Ibn Abi Dawood, we got to the section now where he says, وَقُلْ يَتَجَلَّ اللَّهُ لِلْخَلْقِ جَهْرَةً كَمَ الْبَدْرُ لَا يَخْفَى وَرَبُّكَ أَوْضَحُ In this section of the poem, the author is going to talk about the topic of seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is it possible for us to see Allah or not? That is what he's going to mention here. So he says that your Lord Allah will be in sight clearly just like the full moon is not hidden and your Lord will be in vision and in sight clearer than that. So with regards to this topic of seeing Allah or not, you have to understand that there are two different parts about this topic. Firstly, it's about whether we can see Allah or not in this world. And the second part is about whether we can see Allah or not in the afterlife. After we die and we are resurrected, will we be able to see Allah in the afterlife? So there's two parts, this world and the afterlife. So can we see Allah in this world or in the afterlife? The answer is that the correct belief of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah, our correct understanding and belief is that we cannot see Allah in this world but we will see Allah in the afterlife. We cannot see Allah in this world, but we will see Allah in the afterlife. That is the correct belief. And we'll come to all of the evidences in a moment. There are some people of innovation though, be aware, there are some misguided people some people who don't understand the correct aqidah, like the Jahmiyyah and the Mu'tazilah, they claimed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cannot be seen at all. That Allah cannot be seen in this world and neither can Allah be seen in the afterlife. Some people who were misguided and they didn't understand properly, that's what they said. And obviously they are mistaken because 
Allah can be seen in the afterlife. There were other people like the Sufis who said Allah can be seen in this world and the afterlife. So they were mistaken too because Allah in this world can not be seen. So you see the correct understanding and the correct aqidah, the correct belief is that we cannot see Allah in this world, but we will see Allah in the afterlife. Some of the people who didn't understand, they were misguided innovators, the mubtadi'ah. Some of them said, you cannot see Allah in this world or in the afterlife, which is incorrect. Some other people who were misguided innovators, mubtadi'ah, they said, you can see Allah in the afterlife and in this world. And that's also wrong. Because the correct position is we cannot see Allah in this world, but we will see him in the afterlife. And there are many, many hadith and evidences which highlight that point. Many hadith and evidences which highlight that point. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned, دل الكتاب والسنة المتواترة وإجماع الصحابة وأئمة الإسلام وأهل الحديث على أن الله يرى بالأبصار عيانا that the Quran and the Sunnah the comprehensive Sunnah many hadith and the consensus of the Sahaba wa Ijma'u Sahaba wa Aimmatil Islam, the consensus of the companions and the great scholars of Islam is that Allah is seen with an actual vision. You will actually see Allah. That is mentioned in the Quran, that is mentioned in the hadith, many hadith as well. Not just one or two, many, mutawatir. And from the agreement of the companions and the great imams that you will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the afterlife. Why can we not see Allah in this world then, but we can see Allah in the afterlife? One of the reasons, huh? Anyone? Why can we not see Allah in this world, but we can see Him in the afterlife? Huh? To test? So the ability and the test, you're right, that this is also from the Iman that we have to have. But the ability, we do not have the ability Right now to see Allah, our eyes, our eyesight would not be able to uh, comprehend and to encompass and be able to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It would be too much for us. Our eyesight 
could not handle it yet, this eyesight we have in this world. But in the afterlife, Allah will create us, resurrect us with an ability to see. But in this world, we do not have that ability with our eyesight. We would not be able to handle that seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now. What is the proof that our eyesight in this world, we cannot handle seeing Allah. It would be too much for us. That's it. Prophet Musa alayhi salam, Moses as they say, Prophet Musa alayhi salam, in the Quran it tells us that he asked to see Allah. In the ayat it mentions, قَالَ رَبِّ He said, my Lord, show me, let me look at you. قَالَ لَن تَرَانِي But Allah said, you will not be able to see me. You will not see me. وَلَكِنْ اِنْظُرْ إِلَى الْجَبَلِ فَإِنْ اِسْتَقَرَّ مَكَانَهُ فَسَوْفَ تَرَانِي فَلَمَّا تَجَلَّى رَبُّهُ لِلْجَبَلِ جَعَلَهُ دَكَّا وَخَرَّ مُوسَى صَعِقًا فَلَمَّا أَفَاقَ قَالَ سُبْحَانَكَ تُبْتُ إِلَيْكَ وَأَنَا أَوَّلُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ In Al-A'raf 143 In the Quran it mentions when Musa alayhi salam asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow him to see him Allah said you will not see me but look at this mountain, look at this mountain. If the mountain stays in its place, then you'll see me. So then Allah allowed the mountain to see him. Allah made himself apparent to the mountain. But the mountain, even though they are big, powerful, strong mountains, you cannot push them over even with bulldozer, nothing. But when Allah made himself apparent to the mountain, then the mountain crumbled. So even the mountain, how big and strong and powerful the mountains are. Even when humans want to break a mountain, it would take so many bombs and so many explosions and so many things. And you can't get rid of that mountain. That big and powerful mountain crumbled. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made himself apparent to the mountain, which shows that even if the mountain could not handle seeing Allah yet, then we with our weak eyesight and the way that we are created, what are we compared to a mountain in strength? Then we would not be able to see Allah. And it mentions how Musa alayhi salam fell unconscious. And then when he regained consciousness, he said, قَالَ سُبْحَانَكَ تُبْتُ إِلَيْكَ وَأَنَا أَوَّلُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ That glory be to you, that you are removed from any deficiencies I repent to you and I am from the first of the believers. So the mountain could not handle the sight of Allah. The mountain crumbled. That proves that we do not have the capability right now to see Allah. That's why Allah said to Musa alayhi salam, you cannot see me. 
Look at the mountain. If it manages to stay in its place, then you'll see me. But when Allah made himself apparent to the mountain, the mountain could not stay in its place. It crumbled due to the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so in this world, we cannot see Allah. We do not have the capability with our sight and our vision to see Allah. But in the afterlife, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us a strength in our eyesight, will give us an ability in our eyesight whereby we can then look at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that will be a nobility it is an honor for the believers to be able to see Allah in the afterlife and in paradise from all of the different types of reward a person can have in paradise the greatest reward in paradise, the greatest blessing in paradise is to be able to see Allah. That the believers in paradise will see Allah and that is the greatest of all of the rewards and blessings of paradise. To be able to see your Lord and your Creator. But the disbelievers on that day, the disbelievers in the afterlife, it is mentioned that they will be blocked from seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَأَمَّا الْكُفَّارِ فَلَمَّا لَمْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِهِ فِي الدُّنْيَا حَجَبَهُمُ اللَّهُ عَنْ رُؤْيَتِهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ the kuffar, the disbelievers, because they did not believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now in this world, then Allah blocks them, veils them, blocks them from seeing him in the afterlife. And there is an ayah in the Quran which proves that, that Allah will block the disbelievers veil them from being able to see him and that is in al-mutaffifin number 15 kalla innahum arrabbihim yawma idhil lamahdubun that nay indeed they will be veiled meaning blocked covered from seeing their lord on that day the disbelievers will be covered from seeing their Lord on that day. فَإِذَا كَانَ الْكُفَّارُ مَحْجُوبِينَ عَنْ رُؤْيَةِ اللَّهِ فَهَذَا يُفْهَمُ مِنْهُ أَنَّ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ لَا يُحْجَبُونَ عَنْ رُؤْيَةِ رَبِّهِمْ وَإِلَّا كَانَ الْكُفَّارُ وَالْمُؤْمِنِينَ سَوَاءْ فِي الْآخِرَةِ وَاللَّهُ فَرَّقَ بَيْنَهُمْ أَكْرَمَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ بِأَنَّهُ يَتَجَلَّى لَهُمْ so the fact that Allah tells us in the Quran the disbelievers will be covered from seeing Allah. The disbelievers will be covered from seeing Allah. 
That means the believers will be able to see Allah because there's obviously a difference between believers, Muslims, and non-Muslims. Allah tells us the non-Muslims are going to be covered from seeing Him, but not the Muslims. The Muslims will not be covered. If the Muslims were going to be covered from seeing Allah as well, then that means there'd be no difference between the Muslims and the non-Muslims. So there has to be a difference. There is a difference. The non-Muslims, the disbelievers, they will be covered from seeing Allah, but the Muslims will not. This, as the scholars, they say, is mafhum al-mukhalafa, that it is the understanding you can derive from it. The non-believers, they will be veiled, which means the believers will not be veiled. So the believers will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah will allow them to see him and he will appear before them as is befitting of his majesty. كَمَا يَلِيقُ بِجَلَالِهِ فَيَرَوْنَهُ عَيَانًا بِأَبْصَارِهِمْ لَا يُضَامُونَ فِي رُؤْيَتِهِ يَتَضَامُونَ يعني لا يتزاحمون رؤيته. So on that day, the believers will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly and there will be nobody blocking their path. There will be nobody blocking each other's vision. Normally when you have a big crowd of people and you're trying to see something, then you are blocked in each other's way and you're trying to see and look over people's shoulders and look over people's heads to try and see something. You can get blocked and you might not be able to see when there's lots of people. On that day, everybody will be resurrected. How many people are there going to be? So many, but still, it tells us in the Quran, in the Sunnah, nobody will be blocking anybody else's sight. Everybody will see clearly, nobody will be blocking anybody else that you can't see and you have to look over the shoulders and head. Everybody will see clearly. لا يتضامون أي لا يتزاحمون فيرونه عيانا بأبصارهم كما يرون الشمس صحوا ليس دونها صحاب وكما يرون القمر ليلة البدر And the example has been given There's an example in the hadith In a hadith it mentions that you will see Allah on that day just like you see the full moon, the moon when it's a full moon in the middle of the month. Imagine now there were a million people all stood together. A million people all stood together. If they all wanted to see the full moon on a night when it's a full moon, even if there's a million people, would they all be able to see it or not? Yeah, they just look up and everybody can see it. Nobody will be blocking each other. You would be able to see it. Look up and everybody, a million, two million, ten million. They look up, everybody can see the full moon in the sky. So the hadith gives you that example. That you won't be blocking each other and you won't be looking over and trying to push or shove, nothing. Everybody, the believers, they will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
just like you can see on a night when it's a full moon you can see the full moon clearly so this is an example of the ease of how you will be able to see an example is being given of how easy it will be to see Allah just like when the moon is a full big moon it's very easy to see it in the sky everybody can see then just like that it will be very easy for the believers to all see Allah no pushing shoving or anything it is not an example to say that there is any resemblance between Allah and how the moon looks that is not what it means do not think when the Prophet said you will see Allah just like you can see the full moon that it means there is some type of resemblance between Allah and how the moon looks there is absolutely no resemblance Allah does not resemble or uh, uh, anything in the creation nothing in the creation looks like Allah so the meaning of the hadith is you'll be able to see Allah easily just like you can see the moon easily when it's a full moon night وَهَذَا مَذْهَبُ أَهْلِ السُنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ فِي رُؤْيَةِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلِ so this is the correct position of Ahlul Sunnah that we cannot see Allah in this world. Our eyesight cannot handle that and burden that, not capable of that. What is the proof that our eyesight is not capable of seeing Allah in this world? The story of Musa alayhi salam. Because Musa alayhi salam asked to see Allah. Allah told him, Lan tarani. You are not going to see me, but look at the mountain. If it stays in its place, you can see me. But did the mountain stay in its place when Allah made himself apparent to the mountain? It did not, which shows that even if a great powerful mountain crumbles, then we are so small and nothing compared to a mountain. Then we would not be able to see Allah in this world, but in the afterlife we will one of the evidences that we will see Allah in the afterlife is the fact that Allah tells us, you can put this down as number one, evidences that we will see Allah in the afterlife. Number one was what we already said, that not the, about the kuffar. The kuffar on the day of judgment will be covered from seeing Allah, veiled, blocked from seeing Allah. That's a proof that the believers will therefore not be covered from seeing Allah. They'll be able to see Allah. Because if the believers were going to be covered as well, then there would be no difference between the believers and the non-believers. That can't be right. There has to be a difference between the non-believers and the believers. And the difference is the non-believers will be covered from seeing Allah, but the believers will not be covered. That's evidence number one. That's evidence number one. The first proof that the believers will see Allah. The second one, make a note of all of these. The second one, Wallahu Jalla wa'ala yaqul, Lilladheena ahsanu al-husna wa ziyadah. 
للذين أحسن الحسن وزيادة. This is Surah Yunus 26. That those Allah tells us in the Quran, those who do righteousness, those who do good and do righteousness, then they will have al-husna. Allah tells us, those who do righteousness, they do the good deeds and they worship Allah, then they will have al-husna. What is al-husna? Paradise, al-husna, hiya al-jannah. But then the ayah says, they will have paradise and more. What more can the believers have in the afterlife? The believers will have paradise, but the ayah says in the Quran, the believers will have paradise and extra. What is the extra the believers will get? To be able to see Allah. How do we know that's what the ayah means? How do we know that's what Allah meant in the Quran there? How do you find out what Allah means in the Quran? Before that, the best way to find out what Allah means in the Quran is to check the tafsir in other parts of the Quran. The Quran is big. Sometimes you might read one part of the Quran and you don't understand what it means properly. Maybe sometimes in another part of the Quran somewhere, it explains this part of the Quran. So tafsir al-Quran bil-Quran. Sometimes you see something in the Quran, an ayah that you don't understand. And you can sometimes find the meaning, the tafsir of it in other parts of the Quran itself. If you can't, you're trying to find the meaning of one part of the Quran, an ayah, and you can't find it anywhere else in the Quran. It's not explained. Then you can go and check the hadith, the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Check the sunnah, the hadith. Maybe the Prophet ﷺ explained to us what that part of the Quran means. And that's what we have here. When Allah said, لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُ الْحُسْنَى وَزِيَادَةِ That those who do the worship and the righteousness, the believers, they will have paradise and more and extra. What does the extra mean? We can't just make it up what it means. We have to check. So when you check the sunnah and you check the hadith in Sahih Muslim, then you will find there is a hadith in Sahih Muslim, hadith of Suhaib radiallahu anhu, where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam explained that the extra, the more that you will have is to see Allah. Wazziyadah hiya nadharu ila wajhillah kama fi Sahih Muslim min hadith Suhaib radiallahu anhu. Number three, evidence number three, that you will see Allah in the afterlife. Evidence number three, kama qala ta'ala, 
وَلَهُمْ مَا يَشَاءُونَ فِيهَا وَلَدَيْنَا مَزِيدٌ That they will have whatever they want in it. In what? In paradise. They will have whatever they want in paradise. And we have more on top. If the believers are going to get everything they want in paradise, then what extra does Allah have for them? وَلَدَيْنَا مَزِيدٌ Allah says they'll have everything, but then we have even more on top. What is the even more on top that the believers will get? To see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Evidence number four. كَمَا فِي قَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى وُجُوهُ الْيَوْمَ إِذٍ نَاظِرَةٍ إِلَى رَبِّهَا نَاظِرَةٍ In Al-Qiyamah, number 23, Allah says, On that day, their faces, the faces of the believers, their faces will be shining, radiant. Their faces will be radiant and glowing, meaning shining. Why? The ayah tells us their faces will be radiant and glowing, meaning shining. إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرَةٌ They'll be looking at their Lord. In the Quran it tells you clearly, they will be looking at their Lord. And some of the scholars have mentioned when the believers see Allah on that day, because of seeing Allah, their faces start shining, start becoming radiant and glowing. When they see Allah, because of seeing Allah, their faces become shining and glowing and radiant. Other scholars have said, before they see Allah, their faces are made shining and, and radiant and glowing in preparation to see Allah. So either way, whichever way it is, the point is their faces will be radiant on that day. Radiant and glowing and in that beautiful state, seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرَةً they will be looking at Allah with their eyes. The harf jar ila for وَإِذَا عُدِّيَ بِفِي كَمَا فِي قَوْلِهِ تَعَالَىٰ أَوَلَمْ يَنْظُرُوا فِي مَلَكُوتِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ فَمَعْنَاهُ أَتَّفَكُّرُ وَالِعْتِبَارِ The verb in Arabic, نَظَرَ To see, to look at something, it can have different meanings depending on which particles, which other Arabic words you use with it. The word looking at something can have different meanings depending on which other words you use with it in Arabic. If you use the word ila, 
which means two, then that means you are looking at something physically properly with your eyes. And that's exactly what we have in this part of the Quran. It says, Ila Rabbiha That they are looking at Allah physically with their eyes. So that is evidence number four. That was evidence number four regarding seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's a few of them. There are some others as well, but that's enough there. Some of the people of innovation, you remember at the beginning we said there are some people of misguidance, some people of innovation, meaning the people who didn't understand the proper understanding, they went astray, they were misguided, they didn't understand properly, they became misguided. Some of those people, what did they say? They said you can never see Allah. You remember we said, some of them they said, mistake, they made a mistake, wrong. They said you can never see Allah. One of the evidences that they used, one of the parts of the Quran that they used, which they thought meant that you can never see Allah, but they were mistaken, is when Allah said in the Quran, in Surah Al-An'am 103, that the eyesight, the eyesight cannot encompass or comprehend Allah. But Allah comprehends and encompasses them. The eyesights, our eyesights, we cannot comprehend, we cannot understand seeing Allah. But Allah comprehends all of us. So they said, if Allah is telling us in the Quran that we cannot understand trying to see Allah, then this means we cannot see Allah then. If Allah is telling us in the Quran, we can't understand trying to see Allah. We cannot comprehend or encompass, basically meaning that we cannot understand seeing Allah. They thought this means that we can't see Allah then. If Allah is telling us you can't understand seeing Allah, it means we can't see Allah then. But actually they misunderstood. This ayah in the Quran is actually a proof that we can definitely see Allah. Because al-idraq ghair al-ru'yah. Understanding something or comprehending and encompassing something is different to just seeing something. An example if you look at the sun or you look at some insect, there are many things in creation. You could look at that insect, but can you work out everything about that insect by just looking at it? Can you work out what type of internal organs it has? where those internal organs are going to be, 
how much this insect eats, what type of food it eats, how does it sleep. Can you work out all of those things by just seeing an insect? You have to do more investigation. You have to do the analysis and then they get the dead ones and they cut them open and they check and they research to find out all those things. If you're in the jungle and you just see an insect, you're not going to work out everything by just seeing it. Other things in creation, many things, the sun, you look at the sun, put your shades on or the special glasses on and you look at the sun. Can you see the sun? You can see it. But just by looking at it, can you work out how big it is? How many miles? You can't by just looking at it with your eyes. Can you work out what temperature the sun is at by just looking at it? Can you work out how many miles are between the sun and the earth by just looking at it? So can you understand all the details of it by looking at it? So you can look at it and you can see it, but you don't necessarily understand all the details of it. You may see a new species of animal you've never seen. You open up a book about insects and they show you some new species of animal you've never seen. So you look at it and you wouldn't know what it is. Somebody might say to you, what's the name of this insect? You don't know, you've never seen it before. So sometimes you can see something, but it doesn't mean you fully understand what you're seeing. Even with technology, so many examples. Somebody doesn't know anything about technology, never had a phone in their life. Now you give them a brand new phone, they won't even know how to unlock it. They won't even know where the ringtone is. They won't know anything. They can see the phone, they can even touch it. But do they understand it? No. So you can see something, but that doesn't mean you're always going to fully understand something. So in the ayah when Allah says, La that the eyesight cannot understand Allah. They cannot comprehend and encompass the sight, what they see. This means that you can still see Allah, but you won't understand or comprehend and encompass what you see. If we were not going to see Allah in the first place, then there wouldn't be any point telling us that we cannot understand. Because if you're not going to see Allah in the first place, then obviously you're not going to understand. So the fact, the fact that Allah tells us you're not going to understand, proves that you are going to actually see, but you're not going to fully understand or comprehend. That's the point. If you were not going to see Allah in the first place, then obviously you're not going to comprehend anything. And then there wouldn't be any point in telling us that we're not going to comprehend. Obviously we're not going to comprehend if we're not going to see Allah. So the fact that Allah tells us you're not going to comprehend must mean that Allah is going to allow us to see him so we will be allowed to see allah but we will not comprehend and understand 
what we see fully because of the might and the majesty and the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَالْإِدْرَاكُ غَيْرُ الرُّؤْيَةِ أَنْتَ تَرَى الشَّمْسَ وَتُبْصِرُهَا لَكِنْ لَا تُدْرِكُهَا يعني لا تحيط بها فلا تحيط بالمرئي من كل جانب وإنما تراه فالمؤمنون يرون ربهم يوم القيامة ولكن لا يدركونه أي لا يدركون عظماته جل وعلا ولا يحيطون به علما وأنت ترى الشمس ولكن لا تحيط بجرمها وحدودها وهذا في المخلوق فكيف بالخالق سبحانه وتعالى فنفي الإدراك غير نفي الرؤية بل قالوا إن نفي الإدراك يدل على أنه يرى ولكنه لا يدرك يعني لا يحاط به سبحانه وتعالى That what we've read in the Arabic is everything we've just been explaining So then you now understand that this part of the Quran, this ayah, where it says you will not comprehend Allah, does not mean like some of the people mistakenly said, it does not mean that you won't see Allah. Because seeing something is different to comprehending and understanding something. What about, <clears throat> you remember at the beginning, we said one of the reasons or one of the explanations as to why we cannot see Allah in this world is because our eyesight cannot handle and cannot burden, does not have the capability of seeing Allah yet. And the proof was when Musa salam asked Allah to see him, Allah said, Lantarani, Lantarani, you will not see me. Lan in Arabic, they say it is harfu nafyin wa stiqbal. Yadullu ala wuqu in nafi fil mustaqbal. They say that lan in Arabic indicates a negation in past tense, present tense, or future tense. Future tense. It's like a bit like saying never. I'm never going to go to that shop. So that indicates past tense or future tense. Future tense, I'm never going to go to that shop. But if I say, I, uh, um, I never went to that shop ever, that indicates past tense. So when you say, I'm never going to do something in the future, that's future tense negation. In the ayah, it says, Lan tarani, which kind of means you're not going to see me in the future. So, did Musa salam see Allah in the past, in the present, and now Allah is telling him, you're not going to see me in the... So if Musa never saw Allah in the past or the present, and he's not going to see Allah in the future, that means Musa is never going to see Allah, and if Musa is never going to see Allah, then obviously all of us are never going to see Allah. This is what some of the people of innovation said. Some of those people who were misguided, they said another proof that you can never see Allah even in the afterlife is because Allah said to Musa, Lan tarani, you will never see me. You will never see me. Indicating now you'll never see me and in the future never you're gonna never see me. 
which shows that we can never see Allah. This is what they said. So their understanding of this evidence was that you're never going to be able to see Allah because Allah told Musa, you're never going to see me. The point here though is, the way to understand this is, that lan in the Arabic language does not indicate future tense negation forever. It does not indicate never ever. It indicates future tense negation. I'm not going to go to that shop. If I say to you, I'm not going to go to that shop. Is that past tense or future tense I'm talking about? Future tense, I'm not going to go to that shop. But does that mean I'm never ever going to go to that shop? Even in 50 years from now or 10 years from now, or 20 years from now, I'm never going to go to that shop if I say I'm not going to go to that shop. Not necessarily. I could just be talking about uh, uh, this month, I'm not going to go to that shop. Their stock, the stuff they've got this month is very poor quality. I'm not going to go to that shop. But maybe next month, maybe I'll go. So when I say I'm not going to do something, it doesn't have to mean that I'm never ever going to do it. It just means for a while, I'm not going to do that thing. And that's what lan means in Arabic. Lan is a future tense negation for a while, but not for ever. And you can find that in the books of the Arabic grammar, like Al-Fiyat ibn Malik. It mentions there that lan does not mean the nafi forever. It means up to a certain amount of time. So if Allah now is telling Musa salam, you will not see me, and the lan the not, you will not see me, indicates a certain amount of time that Musa will not see Allah. What is that certain amount of time? Up to when? Up until the end of his life in this world. Because then in the afterlife, he can see Allah. So you will not see me, future tense, for as long as this world is continuing. You will not see in your life in this world. But you will then see in the afterlife because all these other evidences and proofs are showing us that you will see Allah in the afterlife. Another hadith. In fact, before we get to that, so وَقَوْلُ اللَّهِ لِمُوسَى لَن تَرَانِي لَيْسَ مَعْنَاهُ النَّفْيُ الْمُؤَبَّدِ بَلْ لَن تَرَانِي يَعْنِي فِي الدُّنْيَا بِدَلِيلٍ أَنَّ الرُّؤْيَةَ تَثْبُتْ فِي الْآخِرَةِ أو ثبتت في الآخرة وأهل اللغة يقولون إن كلمة لن ليست للنفي المؤبد وإنما هي للنفي المؤقت. That's what we were saying just now. So then, there is an evidence also in the Sunnah. Where the Prophet وسلم, said, Lan taraw rabbakum hatta tamutu. You will not see your Lord until you die. You will not see your Lord until you die. Proving again what we said right at the beginning in this world. 
We can't see Allah because we haven't died yet. But when you die and then the afterlife begins, then you can see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the aqidah of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the correct belief regarding seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We cannot see Allah in this world, but we will see Allah in the afterlife. Some people made a mistake and they said you can never see Allah in this world or in the afterlife. But they were wrong. People of innovation. Other people like the Sufis, they said you can see Allah in the afterlife and you can see Allah in this world, they said. And that is also wrong. We know you cannot see Allah in this world. But the Sufiyyah, some of the people of innovation, remember the people of innovation, they are the ones who made the mistakes and they didn't understand Islam properly. They were misguided and they made mistakes and they had the wrong understandings of things. So those innovators, like the Sufis, they said you can see Allah in this world and that's what they believe. They believe their Imams see Allah now. They believe their Imams see Allah in their dreams. And all of this is lies. All of that is lies and false. So that brings us to the end of the section regarding seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next section is going to start uh, regarding the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's going to be some a little bit of detail about the innovators on seeing Allah. But that's what we'll begin with next week. It's basically going to begin with Surah Al-Ikhlas. We're going to talk a little bit about قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٍ اللَّهُ الصَّمَدٍ لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ وَلَمْ يَكُنْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٍ We're going to start on that section next time. What does that surah mean? And that's going to come into the chapter which follows. So we'll conclude upon that for today then. If there are any questions now, you can ask. This one? Yeah, yeah, there's a narration. Hijabuhu nur anna arahu. That Laylatul Isra'ul Mi'raj, on the night. When the Prophet ﷺ was taken up to the heavens. Everybody knows that night is known as the night of, in English they call it the night of ascension. In Arabic, Laylatul Isra wal Mi'raj. That night when Allah took the Prophet up to the heavens. On that night is when Allah told the Prophet about having to pray five times a day. That was the night when Allah took the Prophet ﷺ up to the heavens and told him about praying five times a day. On that night when the Prophet was taken up to the heavens and Allah told him about the prayers, etc. Did the Prophet see Allah on that night? No is the correct answer because like we've just explained, in this world we don't see Allah. Right now the Prophet was still in this world and he was still alive 
And that's where that narration it comes when they said to the Prophet, did you see him? He said, hijabuhu nur. That his light, his veil is like a light, his covering is a light. Uh, how could I, where could I possibly see him from? And the same narration mentions if Allah uncovered that veil, then everything in sight would burn from that vision of Allah, which is similar to what we said about the mountain crumbling. So on that night, he did not see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but there is a narration where Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma said that the Prophet saw Allah on that night, but Aisha radiallahu anha said, whoever says that the Prophet saw Allah is lying, so did the Prophet see Allah or not? Some of the narrations they say he did, but it means a vision of the heart. The ru'yah is different types. One is from the qalb and one is from the eyes. What Ibn Abbas was talking about is the vision of the heart. The Prophet wasallam saw Allah in his heart, the vision of the heart. Not physical vision of the eyes. Anybody else? He heard Allah. Musa alayhi salam heard Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah spoke to Musa alayhi salam. And this is a proof that Allah spoke and that uh, 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 the attribute of the kalamullah what we spoke about before last time. So Musa alayhi salam was spoken to by Allah. And Musa heard. Yes. Anybody else? So some people they say that Allah is everywhere. But the reality is Allah is everywhere in terms of knowing everything. That he hears everything and sees everything. But Allah, we don't say Allah himself is everywhere. We say Allah is above all of the creation. You have all of this creation, the earth and the, the, the universe, everything in this creation. Then on top of that is the throne of Allah. And then above the throne of Allah is Allah. Above all of this creation, not in everywhere in the creation. Allah is above all of this creation. You have all of this creation, you have all of the skies, the heavens, the universe, all of the heavens, then the footstool of Allah, then the throne of Allah. The throne of Allah is like the ceiling on top of all of this creation. And then Allah is above all of that. So Allah is not everywhere with his hearing and seeing and knowledge he is everywhere but himself he is above and there are many evidences we'll mention them in some other parts later anybody else uh -huh. so this is about the footstool of Allah that it encompasses all of the heavens and the earth and then the throne is even bigger than that and then Allah is above all of that yeah, yeah, we'll come to it, we'll come to it. Uh, later on there is this topic, we'll, we'll talk about the evidences regarding Allah being above. Uh, this, no, uh, this belief by itself is an innovation. The sects, the different groups 
Some of them, they may have other beliefs as well. So then the ruling upon groups is different to the ruling upon this issue. This issue is an innovation, it's a misguidance. It's a deviation. And it doesn't necessitate that you can say this is kufr or anything. Because sometimes they say if uh, uh, the innovators make ta'wil, false understanding and mistakes and misguidance in their understanding, it doesn't necessarily mean you can say that it's kufr. But other things in their beliefs may give that ruling. But this is a, it's a bid'ah, it's an innovation. It's from the misguidances of the people of innovation to claim that. Those kinds of details are understood better from books like Al-Aqeedah Al-Wasatiyah. When you talk about the names and attributes of Allah, those details are in there more. Here with this book, all we want to do is understand the main points of Aqeedah. What are our main beliefs as a Sunni, as a Muslim? Anybody else? All right, we'll conclude upon that then. Resume next week, inshallah ta'ala, after the Isha prayer.